Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Histories of the Unexpected. He's the famous historical adventurer Dr Sam Willis. And he's Professor Extraordinaire of Early Modern British History at Plymouth University. He is Professor James Daybell. And we are your hosts for Histories of the Unexpected. Each week we discuss a surprising object oozing with unexpected historical significance. And this week it's hair. Which is all about the Duke of Wellington and the great man in history. And for me, it's all about scalping. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and tell all of your friends. We're on Twitter. You can follow me at Dr Sam Willis. And you can follow me at James Daybell. We're proud to be part of the excellent History Hit Network, home of Dan Snow's History Hit and other great shows coming soon. And you can find out more about what we've got planned in the forthcoming months, show notes, video clips, photos of everything we discuss and much, much more at historyhit.com forward slash unexpected. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode six of Histories of the Unexpected, where we will be audio googling through history, exploring the history of things that you didn't even know had a significant history to tell, like the history of the smile. Why does everyone frown in Victorian portraits? The bookmark or the ice cream? And we'll be following the links in our minds as we come across them, explaining how everything has a history and crucially how those histories link in unexpected ways. Who knew, for example, Sam, that the history of the cod piece was intricately linked to the Reformation? Not me. Not you. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll make that link in another, in another podcast. Or the abbreviation is all about information, bureaucracy and empire. Ah, oh, that sounds great. The man sitting opposite me is a man whose cranium is full of chronicles. It's <laughs> Professor James Daybell. And the man sitting opposite me is the authority of the archives. It's Dr. Sam Willis. And together we will be piloting you on this uncharted, frankly highly dangerous flight into the past. We have no idea where we're going, no idea where we will end up. Each week one of us will take the lead and this week it's James's turn. So, Willis, are you ready for it? Are you strapped in? I'm strapped in. Okay, this week's topic is, and this is much in the press at the moment with Boris Johnson and Donald Trump, hair. (laughs) When When I say the history of hair to you, 
What do you think? Off oh, the top of your head. Well, now you've just mentioned Boris and Donald, so I'm thinking notable hair. So I'm thinking fashion, I'm thinking hairstyles, I'm thinking Elvis Presley. I'm thinking the way the way people look and the way they are perceived, how interesting that is. Then I suppose you've got the eye you've got this kind of obsession with not having hair, cures for baldness, oh. I'm going into, and how that links into the history of innovation. And well, actually, one of my favourite parts of the British Library is where you can go and you can, you can look up all the patents. So you can see what people were inventing at any one time in, in their lives. I, I've, I haven't been there to look at the uh, patents for baldness cures, but I bet they're absolutely amazing. You can search them by initial, so the name of the inventor or the type of invention, and you can search them according to date. And um, it is, I would urge you all to go to the British Library and find the patent rolls, because they're brilliant. Brilliant. Someone needs to publish them. This is linked intricately to the history of masculinity, to male vanity, yeah. uh, all of those kinds of things. Right, now, the example that I have for you is slightly different. It's looking at hair as a historical artefact. Mm. It's looking at hair as relic. I've got an example here for you. What do you see here? <laughs> that is an envelope with um, some beautiful handwriting, very 18th century. The ink has faded to a, a sort of lovely chocolatey brown. It's written in a nice hand. Um, like a kind of secretary's hand, isn't it? And it yep. says, the Duke of Wellington's hair. Okay, so there's an anecdote connected to this. Picture this date, and the date is important. 18th of June, 2015, I took a research trip to the Bodleian Library in Oxford, was sitting in their wonderful new manuscript room, working on a new book that I'm writing at the moment called The Family and Materials of Memory, a very quick plug for that, um, and I was calling up at random all sorts of materials from the manuscript catalogue. And I was leafing through the North Papers, North Aristocratic Family, and I came across a, a reference to a, a box. And I, I don't want to go down that line because we'll be talking about boxes uh, at another time. So I ordered up this box and I was leafing through all the materials in there. There were letters, there were pressed flowers, all sorts of things. And it belonged to lady, uh, a Lady North. Um, and in it, I came across this tiny envelope, which you see before you. This how, is, how small is it? This is magnified. It is, it's literally about, um, about an inch by about two, two inches. Okay. okay. So I opened it up. Uh, it said Duke of Wellington's hair. And I thought... What have I found? You know, this is, this is incredible. And inside was a tiny slip of paper, which you've got before you here, which reads, Duke of Wellington's hair saved by his valet before he died. Ah. Okay, so I took that, I, I, I opened that up, and this was what I found. I opened it up, and in it were the sort of translucent hair shavings that had obviously been taken and preserved as a relic of this great man. Yeah, um, and it's in a sort of one of those lovely 18th century homemade envelopes yes. where, they, where yes. they, they get a rectangular piece of paper and they, they fold it four or five ways so that it, it folds up. I always love those, they're really yes. clever. And then if you open it up, um, the, the paper kind of creates sides, so it's like a little yeah. tray, and inside yeah. that little tray yeah. are 
lots of strands of it almost looks like fishing line very very clear um clear hair from yeah from i, I was expecting it to be brown no it, it they're, they're almost sort of you know sort of gray white hairs that have been that have been shaved off and when i when i saw this there were two things ran through my mind should i just stand up and shout. In the, I have the Duke, in the, of Wellington's I have the Duke of Wellington's hair. But I was also worried that I would sneeze. <laughs> the hair would suddenly go everywhere. So I, as, as, as every good historian does nowadays, I, I, I took digital images of it and captured it and folded it up and, and put it back. But the significance of this... Did you write on Twitter, on Twitter in capital? And I, and I have I, the Duke of Wellington's hair. Then I was on Facebook. <laughs> and I got, lot, shouts I got lots of likes that, that day about it. <laughs> But 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 I think I think there there are several sort of significances about this. I went home and talked to a Victorian Victorianist colleague of mine, and he said that basically when Wellington was discovered dead, he was completely bald, and relic hunters had gone in and he'd just basically been scalped. Huh. So so the idea was that basically people because he's such an important British figure connected to history, connected to Waterloo. The idea was that you would go, you you would want a piece of him, mm. you'd want a piece of his hair as a as as a as a form of memory, as a as a kind of as a sort of relic of him. Also, when I got home, um, I realised the significance of the date. It was the two hundred year anniversary. The day you found the hair. Literally, the day I found the hair, wow. which was really it was really quite creepy. I almost felt that you know the great man had been, you know communing through the centuries. I'm not a superstitious person, but it was it was it was uncanny. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely um, uncanny. And it's interesting, I mean, that's a tiny little envelope, right? And it's got a scattering of hairs in it. Yeah. But it's actually it's a very old philosophical problem which has been engaging people for ages. The question is, how many hairs do you have on your head? <laughs> it's brilliant because um, we both have a, an okay head of hair. A full and, head of hair. A full thick <laughs> head of hair. Um but we don't have one hair, and I probably haven't got 80 million, but I might have somewhere in between. And early mathematicians used this issue of hair to actually, actually deal with estimating numbers on a vast scale. And so if you think about someone's hair, you think, well, I mean, how many of those envelopes, do you reckon, did it take to scalp Wellington? <laughs> I mean, are there a thousand of them? Or are there 20? I've no idea. I've no idea. It's a really interesting question. And also, how, how, did, they get, how did they get out? You know, saved by his, by his valet. You know, there's this idea that the man has basically got a, you know, a, a, a sort of hoard of this man's hair. Yeah. Is he selling it? Who's he giving it to? How does it, this end up in, in the North Manuscripts? Yeah. In the in in the Bodleian Library, I think though the the line that I that I line that I'm sort of thinking about is the way in which, you know, it's significant about whose hair it is. Yeah, this is a great man in history. It's connected to him. When it's like it's the saints and relic yeah. hunting yeah. and, and people keeping absolutely and bones. Absolutely, um, it certainly reminds me of um, there was something in the news very recently about some hair that was discovered at Romsey Abbey. Right. Um, so it's a very, very early, uh, early, early abbey near Southampton. And um, there, there was a little, have a look at this. So you've got a kind of coffin-shaped box. Yeah. In that is a, is a pillow, a kind of log of oak. 
And on the top of that is, well, don't you describe that. <clears throat> a sort of rather elaborate dark brown plait uh, that must be, ooh, maybe a foot long, maybe a little little longer than that. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, significant, it? it's a significant bit of hair. No one really knows. And um, there's bits of scalp attached to it. And mm. when it was discovered, there was also a finger bone. Um, but it had been buried in this wooden box inside a lead container. Um, Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Beneath the abbey floor. Right. And so um, the abbey um, dates back to the 10th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they opened it up, the, uh, the, the finger just went... And just, just vanished as the air came to it, right. apparently. So that's only part of whatever was there. Um, so archaeologists are now looking at that hair, um, I think trying to work out whether it was indeed associated... There were, there were two very important female saints associated with, with, with Romsey Abbey. Um, they've carbon-dated the kind of the, the, the oak pillow and they've carbon-dated the hair. And it's somewhere in between the uh, the accession of Alfred the Great to the Norman Conquest, so kind of like 100 years or so. Mm, mm. Um, so it's from the right period. They don't know if it's a man's hair or a woman's hair, but they do know, and this is clever, um, from testing the hair, um, they can work out what you've been eating um, because, oh. because of the, the properties of the hair. And they know that whoever's hair that was had a diet that was rich in fish, 
which means that they were probably linked to the nearby monastery where um, eating meat was strictly controlled. Goodness me. I mean, what, what's fascinating here is the way in which archaeologists, scientists are able to throw an awful lot of light on something like that to look at the provenance of it. I gave a paper recently at, in Tiverton Church for the Earl of Devon on one of his ancestors, uh, Gertrude Blunt, Marchioness of, of Exeter. And this was a woman who, fascinating character, gets involved in the, 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 the Nun of Kent scandal mm. in the, the time of, of Henry VIII. Those of you familiar with your Wolf Hall will know all about that. So I was just about to give a, give a stand up and give this talk. And the archivist, wonderful woman, uh, came up to me and she said, James, um, before you give, give the talk, I thought you'd be interested in this. And I said, oh, what have you got? And there, in front of her, were in a, in a sort of um, a plastic wallet, was a little, another envelope. And it was a lock of the Marchioness's hair mm. from the 1530s. You know, I oh. mean, we have no idea whether it is actually authentic. But what's significant is the way in which a lock of hair like that was collected and then passed down the family in a sort of form of, of, of transmission. But I think what's also what's, what's fascinating about this is the symbolism of hair. You know, and I suppose in, in you know, there are this this changes over time with different traditions and in different in different cultures, but certain sort of primitive beliefs would, would suggest that owning a lock of somebody's hair was a way of, of controlling them or having power over them. Scalping somebody, ah, having, yes. having yeah. a trophy, would be a way of showing a form of, of dominance. You think about uh, Native American uh, scalp, scalping, yeah. for example, as a way of showing your, you know, as a, as a, as a brave warrior. Well, what about monks? What's all that about? Mon monks and, 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 and tonsures. And, and tonsures. Which was which was which was was um, was banned by the Pope in 1972. But a sort of a ritual of you know shaving the head for spiritual purposes. Yeah. Um. I wonder when it stopped. And people, do people now keep hair? Funny you might say that. But when we had our when we had our daughter's first haircut at a local uh, salon. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you got for your £10 was a photograph of said child in their chair, having their hair cut, and a lock of their hair ah. as a keepsake. So this tradition will, will continue. I've got a tooth, I've just realised. Um, uh, actually, my, my, I've got a tooth of my wife. <laughs> weirdly uh, and and of my kids i've got i've got their first teeth I mean, my mum's got my first tooth um but shortly after we were married uh my wife had a, her one of her wisdom teeth out and, right and I, I kept it for wisdom and have it on my desk and it, and is this a sort of is it a sort of uh, a sort of formal object of memorialization do you, you know of of remembering i just like the pun on wisdom right I think wisdom it, tooth. Yes, it just made me smile every time I looked at this, and it was a, it was a kind of a, it was a it was a memory. So that's interesting. People it's do very interesting. do do still hold on to parts of each yeah. other. I have my, I have a pair of my wife's shoes. Oh yeah, that she wore. That she wore. Do you wear them or not? I don't wear them. They are, they're in they're in a box. They're in a memory box, and they, and it, it was the pair of a pair of 
red uh, snakeskin shoes that she wore uh, the first night we met and we danced together. Oh, wonderful! And I've and I've kept those. I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm very very sort of romantic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a physical memory, right? Yeah. Okay, this is this is my big thing. Um, haircuts. Goodness hair me, stars. what have you got? What have you got there? <laughs> what is going on? What is that? I I nearly fell over when I saw this. It, it actually inspired me to spend five years of my life writing a book. Goodness me, what uh, what date it? Uh, 1778. 1778. So, do you want me to describe what it is? Yeah, June 1778. June 1778. So we have a rather buxom, well-dressed lady with incredibly ornate hair. And she seems to have... She's wearing it high, isn't she? (laughs) She seems to have a galleon uh, with three sails... Uh, which seems to have been, and this is the, this is bigger than her head. It's like a sort of an enormous hat, and her hair seems to be woven into it. This is incredible. What is it, Sam? Well, um, this this is a hairstyle which took uh, Paris by storm in 1778, and it's called the hair à la belle poule. And essentially, you've got a you've got a very well-to-do, wealthy, fashionable. A key is fashionable. This woman cares about what she looks like, but she looks ridiculous um, with this. With this, she she has a ship, a model ship under full sail on the top of her head. She looks I- extraordinary. Now, um, where would she have worn this? Well, that, that's the interesting thing. So, if you if you look at how the hair is kind of all bunched up around the the portholes, the gun yep. ports, yep. the hair itself there looks like the sea. Yeah, and you've got these these kind of coiffured swells of of the sea going up and down um, on the side of the ship. So she would have worn those in very important society balls. Okay, right. So now you imagine you're in a room with two hundred people in it. Yeah, everyone's of a similar height. Yep, and ah. suddenly from across the room, you see as someone moves to and fro, they're talking, they're chatting to people. The ship on their head is like a involuntary theatrical display. So as she, as she moves, it's basically like a piece of performance art. Mm. And you see, you see the ship bobbing and moving like it was at sea on a sea of heads. As she sails through the ballroom. She sails through the ballroom. So what I love about this is... is Two things. One is that the, 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 the warship of the type she's got on her head is it's the very opposite of fashionable whimsy. Hmm. OK, so states are spending vast amounts of their national budget on these things. They're using them to kind of symbolise empire all over the world. It's actually a massively important tool and weapon of statecraft. It's the opposite of fashionable whimsy. And, you know, what is going on there? It's also, this is happening in Paris ballrooms, and you can't get much further from the sea. So something obviously very significant has happened at sea to make this maritime life, which is cold, hard, masculine, violent, outdoors, come into the perfumed, cosy warmth of a female gathering in the Paris ballroom. And what's the significance of the date? You asked us to hold the date yes. in our mind. So um, this is the exact moment when the French officially 
come to the assistance of the Americans during the American Revolution. So uh-huh. up to now, what's happened is that the, uh, the British have been fighting the Americans, the French have been covertly assisting them, sending them all sorts of gunpowder and diplomatic help. Um, but they have to show their hand at some point, and they do it in June 1778. Um, and uh, the captain of a ship, the Belle Poole, hence the name, is sent out into the English Channel to provoke the British into a fight. His job is to provoke the British into a fight, to make damn sure that the British fire first, which means the French can say they're defending themselves. It allows them to officially join the war. Um, so it's the first clash between the British and the, naval, and the French uh, navies in the War of the American Revolution. And the key thing is that the French did brilliantly. They didn't mm. take or destroy the British ship, but they absolutely knackered it. Um, and it was proof to the French that their policy of supporting the Americans was a good one, that they could hold their own in this big game of empires at sea, and everyone loved it. And that's why it became fashionable to associate yourself with the with American independence. So they're not just wearing it to associate themselves with the sea, they're actually associating themselves with what was the most fashionable thing at the time, because Benjamin Franklin was in Paris... The American Revolution and American Independence. So it's the politicisation of hairstyles. Yes. This is quintessentially the domestic as political. Yes. Brilliant. And Brilliant. you can see how it's how it spreads through the world. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Um. I think we've gone from <laughs> from relics to baldness to patents to fashionable hairstyles and ballrooms all within the space of about 20-25 minutes. Fantastic, Sam. Well done, well done. Okay, um, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And remember, you are the most important part of this team, so get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, email. Give us your ideas. Let us know your stories about hair and history and, of course, suggest some other things that we can cover in our next podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.